0: filler words, like, so, you know, um, some people aren't bothered by them, but a whole lot of people are. Today, I want to talk about filler words, why you do them, why you shouldn't do them, how they're hurting your credibility, and the long game you're playing, as well as talk about some solutions to get rid of them for good. I think you're going to like this episode and I don't want you to miss a minute. Welcome to Captivate The Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Goodwin. And I'm so glad to have you with me today, as always. Thank you so much for your shares and your downloads and for being a subscriber. I love being on this voice journey with you. And I've got a great episode for you today. I don't know if I've ever done an episode on filler words. I bet I have somewhere down the tracks after five years. Surely I've talked about it, but that's what I want to talk about today. want to give you a quick reminder. Make sure you keep an eye on the Work With Me tab over at CaptivateTheRoom.com. I've always got cool little quick programs that I'm running out, and I don't want you to miss any of those. What I have coming up next is a podcast workshop. It's a couple of hours, And if you're thinking about doing a podcast or if you want to guest on podcast, I'm going to cover all of that in this workshop, how to get your podcast going, how to sound great on your show, how to get interview gigs, how to sound great on an interview, how to do interviews, all of it. Podcasting across the board has been the best thing I've ever done for my business both having my own show, and I do a lot of episodes. I'm a guest on a lot of episodes. So I want to encourage you and help you. Podcasting is huge. There are some studies that tell us it is going to outperform video. So the information is on the website. Just click on the Work With Me tab. I'd love for you to join me. Just a couple of hours of a workshop. But today I want to talk about filler words, And I see a lot of people talk about, and and I see podcasters talk about this, but I see a lot of people talk about this, filler words. And they talk and they say, it's no big deal. We just do that. And I have to tell you, I'm going to disagree vehemently. I listened to a podcast the other day and I I had to, I, I wanted to click it off because by 10 minutes in, Like everything, like, you know, like everything had the word like. Every other, every six words was like, and you know. It was like the Valley Girl episode. But then I got so intrigued by all the filler words that I stayed to listen to see how much filler words there really was. Filler words will ultimately cost you big gains. They're not going to affect the small gains. And there are a lot of people that don't even notice when you say like repeatedly, or you know repeatedly, or um repeatedly. There are entire demographics that talk that way. Like everything is like, you know, like, I mean, really like, I mean, what do you want to do like with that? Like, I don't know. They are going to be, they're not going to notice the fillers like that as as other people will. So that's when I say the small gains will be okay. People that don't even notice because they talk that way as well, that's a small gain. You may get a lot of listeners. You may get a lot of followers. You may... Have people that love your stuff. But if you want to try to build your audience into other demographics, I'm not going to listen to that. And a lot of people won't listen to it because they cannot get past it. I am not saying you can't have an um or a like or a you know. I do them. I usually, um, when you throw me, when you ask me a question and I have to think about it because I'm retrieval, but at the end of the day, they are problematic because they take a toll on your credibility. Think about it. What if all of a sudden I did, you know, I did like the rest of this show, um, you know, um, with a lot of, you know, like, I don't know, like, you know, um, a lot of that. It would change the dynamic of my credibility, hands down. I've done a lot of research on this. I've talked to a lot of people about this. It's actually the smaller percentage of people that are not bothered by fillers. Now, they're the loudest, so it feels like, Sometimes when we're researching this, that most people think it's no big deal, but the truth of the matter is, most people think it's a big deal. Most people don't want to hear it, don't want to hear the fillers. Fillers are become habits, just like every other piece of your voice, they are put in place from your subconscious, and You just don't even recognize that they're there. They become idiosyncratic. A lot of people will recognize that they do it. Most people don't recognize that they do fillers unless they watch something back or play something back. I get that comment a lot from people. Oh my gosh, I said um, so many times. They can also, words like like and so, they can come from mimicking. I get asked this interesting question a lot of times from millennials they'll say, that's how millennials talk. Where does that come from? Well, somebody set the standard. I've, I've told this story a lot, but I remember working with a girl who had a really intense nasality and they, she came to work with me. That was the primary reason she was an actor and wanted to get rid of that nasality. And in our work together, one day she said to me, she said, you know, I didn't always speak this way. And I said, why did you start? And she said the prettiest, most popular girl in high school spoke that way. So she literally mimicked that girl for a short amount of time and then put that pattern in. Whether, you, whether it came from part of a psychology of the voice story or whether you were mimicking someone, you started doing it. Maybe you did it on purpose. Maybe you didn't. But then you set a pattern and then it became idiosyncratic. I guarantee you, the girl that I listened to that said like, I I bet she said like 75 times or more in a 30-minute episode, or some of the people that I listened to that um every other word, I don't think they realize it, but it is retrieval. Like I said, it could come from a psychology of the voice story. It could be a copycat thing it could like the millennials that have asked me about it could be insecurity but at the end of the day we want to get rid of it because in the long run it will hurt you fillers will hurt you it gets hard to listen to constantly it gets hard for me to discern the message because here's what happens every time you like or you know or um, you become disconnected because you're going up in your head, because you're searching for words. So every time you become disconnected, I become disconnected from you. That wrecks the flow, that wrecks the connection, that wrecks the impact of your message and to keep me with you. Because every time you disconnect to go up in your head to retrieve or to fill, I will disconnect from you. I believe that these filler words, we also put them in place. You've heard me say we fill with words because of the way we feel. We feel insecure. We feel unsure about what we're talking about. If I feel unsure about how you are responding to my message, I'll start buffering to make myself feel better. Buffering can come in the form of extra words. I keep talking and talking and talking or buffering can come in filler words. Like, so if I'm giving you my message, like, you know, like I'm unsure what you think about this. So I'm like buffering, you know? Do you see where I'm going with that? But it's hard to listen to and it hurts your credibility. So why do you think you do it? Do you even recognize that you do it? Are you uncomfortable or are you seeking words? Do you feel unsure? And so you're filling in the gaps. Most people despise pause because it feels so uncomfortable and it feels uncomfortable because the spotlight is on you. When you pause, that's the most powerful tool. And even if I'm not listening to you, when you pause, you're going to bring me back to you, which ensures that I am giving you my full attention. I am listening to you, which is what you want, and it makes you feel uncomfortable. That's why people won't pause. They just disconnect and go up in their head to try to find the words to keep going, And there's the problem. First of all, we have to get used to, we have to get comfortable in the uncomfortable. We have to trust that the words are going to be there for us. We have to know what we're doing. I'm not a huge fan of record yourself and listen back for a number of reasons one because you're never going to your subconscious is never going to let you hear yourself the way we hear you so you'll be extra critical of yourself but also what happens when you listen to yourself a playback you start thinking about all the things that you want to do differently and then when you re-record you're actually focusing on the things you want to do differently which disconnects you which keeps you from doing those things differently or creates bigger problems for you. But learning to pause is essential. Instead of, okay, I feel uncomfortable. I'm going to start buffering with like and, you know, and um, um, all of that. We have to learn to pause. But let me circle back to, I got derailed for a second in my brain. We have to go back to, I want to go back to the recording yourself. So I don't love that. I'm not a huge fan of it. I don't keep my people from doing it, but those are the reasons I don't love it. But a lot of people don't even realize, like that girl, I bet she doesn't realize how many times she said like in that episode. She is riding the wave of the following she is gaining, the reviews that she is getting And so it's the furthest thing from her mind. But in the long haul, that will hurt her. There is merit to listening to yourself back to see what you do. Because the majority of the time, this stuff is idiosyncratic. You have put it in place years ago. You needed it then for whatever reason. And now it's just a habit. And that is all it is, is it is a habit and it is a habit that was born out of being uncomfortable. So what becomes key is learning to pause, being okay with, I can actually stand in the silence and collect my thought without filling, because I'm feeling weird. We have to start, stop buffering. I have to be fully committed to what I'm saying to you. You may not agree with me. You may doubt me. You may not even like me. That is so far off my radar. I am committed to my message and I am not questioning what I'm saying. When I go to questioning what I'm saying, I will fill in with filler words. So if you are ever unsure about where to go next or how to answer, simply pause. I notice that if I um... I'll do it when you ask me a question because that's retrieval. I have to go to get the answer. And I'm real aware of it. And I notice that I do it sometimes. The best thing that I can do in those moments, because I'm aware that that is when I will, um, I immediately respond with, that's a great question. Let me think about that for a second. Now I have told you what I'm doing. There is no uncomfortable feeling necessary because the reason that that uncomfortable feeling in the silence comes in has a a lot around it. It might be that you're afraid people are going to cut you off or you're afraid people are going to think you're stupid or you're afraid people don't know, aren't going to know what you're doing. You're afraid you're not going to get the words. You're afraid you're going to look bad. You're afraid, all that stuff. It's all fear-based, and that's not true if you tell me what you're doing. If I just stop talking for a long period of time, sure, you might have some suspicion of what's she doing? What, does she know what she's talking about? That is why I always try to validate when a question is asked. Ooh, that's a great question. Let me think about that a second. And I think, and then I give my response. I don't feel pressured to immediately come up with something that is going to immediately, because that's going to immediately put me up in my head and I'm going to go start umming. Umming is about being grounded. Umming is about, not umming, is about mind, body, voice being connected, which is why you cannot be going up in your head. Okay, you have to think. You have to think about what you're going to say. Pause. Just stop. Tell me you need to think for a minute. But you also want to really pay attention to what you're connecting to. Are you connecting to words or are you connecting to message? If you connect to your message, it will dramatically cut down your ums. If you are connected to finding the right words, that is going to increase your ums. If you are feeling uncomfortable in any way, that is when you're going to start filling with like and you know and words like that. Get grounded in your message. Stop buffering and commit to what you're doing or talking about. Stop thinking about the words. Thinking about the words is retrieval and guarantees you're going to um and like and all of that. And at the end of the day, the people that say it's not a big deal on some levels are right because some people, it doesn't bother them, but a whole lot of people it does. And I can't tell you the number of times I've heard from people that they can't listen to certain people because of their filler words and their umming. It is hurting your credibility. So make a recording of yourself, find out what you're doing. And then you've got to get grounded. And sometimes that means reframing how you're formulating answers. I think I told you all about that story about that guy I worked with. He really struggled with formulating answers. And part of it was the way his brain worked so fast. And he would just get overwhelmed in his thoughts and start dumping information. And we worked with him with three bits for about two weeks. And it changed how he formulated his answers in his brain. Other people I've worked with, I've taught him the inverted funnel that I do. And that has formulated how, that's changed how they formulate their answers. We might need to look at that. But ultimately you've got to get comfortable in the silence. You've got to get comfortable in the not knowing. You've got to get comfortable without a script but just create a net. Because having a script, that's retrieval too. Or memorizing, people come to me and they memorize what they're going to say. That's retrieval. You're going up to retrieve the words and that is the core issue. Now, I don't know if this is you or not. I don't know if this episode spoke to you or not, but think about these things, play around with these things if you are an ummer or a liker or a you knower, and these techniques don't work for you, which would surprise me, but if they don't, let me know. But start implementing them because, it, like I said, at the end of the day, you are going to be more credible, more professional, and get to that next level faster if you remove all that filler out. Okay. So that's it. I'm gonna wrap it up for today. Until I see you next time, you know what to do. Get out there and speak your truth. Just do it beautifully. Thanks for listening to Captivate The Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab The Voice Formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, Please leave a review on iTunes.